It's the dictionary. Hi, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. I am tired. I am recording this on October 27th. Uh, it is 7:11 a.m. Pretty close, almost exactly when I usually record. But here's the thing: I just flew in. I don't know that's not the voice I wanted to do. I just flew in, and boy, are my arms tired. It was supposed to be like a Roger Rabbit thing, but it didn't work out that well. Uh, yeah, I literally just flew in on a red eye flight for for work. I came I came back in town just this morning, and uh, my my eyes are very dry, and I'm tired. And I came into the office, and I was like, you know what, I'm done. I but it's a Friday, and I want to I want to get my recording in. I don't want to get behind. I want to get my recording in. And also, it would be a fun experiment to do this when my brain is kind of fried. I've been up for about 24 hours. So let's see what happens. It's probably not going to be that different or weird or anything. But I do just want to be slow and sleep. Okay. Um, if you could please rate and review this show. Write a review and give it the good old five-star rating on uh, whatever place that you like to do this. Uh, on the YouTube, obviously, you give the thumbs up and subscribe and comment and share and do all those things because those those are what I want. Um, what else? You can contact me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. That's an email address. If you are not familiar with email addresses, that's an email address. You can email me anything you want. Maybe I'll read it in an episode and discuss it. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail, which I would also like to put into a an episode. Uh, if, if that's okay with you, you let me know. 917-727-5757 is the phone number. It's in the show notes. If you want to buy merchandise, I got a couple of dictionary-related uh, graphical things that you can buy on uh, like a t-shirt or a phone case or something like that. And I have a couple other things up there, and I would love to make more. I just haven't had the time to do that. So that T public link is in the show notes as well. Uh, follow me on social media, Instagram, X slash Twitter. I don't like saying X. I just call it Twitter, and that's probably going to blow up and explode sometime. Um, and then threads, uh, at DictionaryPod. And you can check out my personal stuff at Speejampar, S-P-E-J-A-M-P-A-R. And that is mostly me posting uh, pictures of the movies that I watch which I'm quite behind on that, but I've watched a lot of movies, and so I post about them, and then I just I just write a little line. Nothing. It's I try to be funny, but I can't always be funny, and uh, I just write just write a little thing about it, and um, I I recommend that you watch all of them. Every single movie that I watch, I think you should watch too. I think you should just follow in my footsteps. Whatever I do, you do. Do that, please. Um, any other things to mention? If you want to make your own theme song, a short little uh, 10 to 15 second theme song, uh, I would love to put it in at least one episode. That would be fantastic. That would be fun for me. Uh, go ahead and, like I said, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And um, that's it. That's it. We got to talk about the words uh, because, because I, I want to go to sleep. The first word is endotracheal, or maybe endo, probably endotracheal, 
E-N-D-O-T-R-A-C-H-E-A-L. Adjective from 1910. Number one, placed within the trachea, as in an endotracheal tube. And the trachea is in your throat region. I have to move the mic so you can see where I'm pointing to my throat. If you didn't know where the throat was, now you know because I pointed to it right in here. Somewhere in this throat area is the trachea. Is it down here maybe? I don't know. So a tube that goes in there is endotracheal. Number two, applied or affected through the trachea. Applied or affected through the trachea. What would that be? Applied through the trachea, affected through the trachea, something, I don't know, is, do you have like some, some part of your body going through the trachea? I have no idea what that is talking about. Okay, oh, the sound effect will be... The next word is endotrophic. E-N-D-O-T-R-O-P-H-I-C. Endotrophic. Adjective from 1899. And this is talking about a mycorrhiza. M-Y-C-O-R-R-H-I-Z-A. And I have seen this word before, and I have said this word before, and I want to say that is it possibly like a fungus or something? Um, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up for you. Yes, it is a fungus. So we're talking about a fungus here with this endotrophic word. And it is, it means penetrating into the associated root and ramifying between the cells. What, what does that mean? Penetrating into the associated root. So if something is endotrophic, it's going into into the root, maybe it's it's going into the root of the fungus, uh, and ramifying between the cells. So it gets so engrossed into the root that it gets into the cells of the fungus root. Is that what it's saying? Uh, compare to the word ectotrophic, which uh, we could we could go back. Um, so, I mean, I think that just means on the outside, on the outside of uh, maybe this mycorrhiza. Because endotrophic, endo is all about being inside. We know this. We know these things. Phew. The next word is endow or endow. In or endow. Endow. E-N-D-O-W. This is a verb, a transitive verb from the 14th century. One, to furnish with an income. Uh, And then especially to make a grant of money providing for the continuing support or maintenance of, as in endow a hospital. And I have an itch in my armpit, so I'm going to itch it. (laughs) I itched my armpit. Um, so you are furnishing with an income. You're giving money to a thing. Uh, make a grant of money providing for the continuing support or maintenance of. So if you're endowing a hospital, you are giving money to the hospital so they can make sure that they can keep up the maintenance, uh, maybe get new equipment, pay people, whatever it is. You're giving them an, an endowment. That's going to be our next word, but hold on to that. 
Uh, so number two for endow, this is the action of, for number one, it's the action of giving money. Number two, to furnish with a dower. And I believe that's like um, when maybe people are getting married. Is this the right dower that I'm thinking of? In a dow, a dow, there's, a, there's another similar word, but I think, oh, dowry. Yes, that's what it was. But a dower is similar. Yes, to give a dowry to, or a dower is a widow's share for life uh, of her husband's estate. And so if you are uh, to furnish with a dower, you are giving a dower to somebody. That's is the widow's share uh, of her husband's estate after her husband has died. She has the dower. You're endowing. See, it's all the it's etymologically connected. Number three for endow. To provide with something freely or naturally, as in endowed with a good sense of humor. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that I was endowed with a good sense of humor. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm funny. Uh, I like to be, I'd like to think I am funny, but that's not always necessarily true. A lot of people would flat out tell you that I'm not all the time, uh, sometimes. Um, but also, like, do you, do you, what do you think is funny? Do you think lots of things are funny? Um, do you think things are funny that other people think are funny? Sense of humor, it's incredibly subjective. Uh, so if you if you say they don't have a sense of humor, they were not endowed with a sense of humor. They probably don't think anything is funny. Uh, I think lots of things are funny. I think, and so in that sense, I think I have a good sense of humor. Um, I tr I also try to just make things funny or try to lighten the mood. Maybe if it's a little bit serious or if it depending on how you react to a situation. If you're engaging with somebody. I think if you react in a positive, preferably funny way, it's going to lighten the mood a lot um, because it's so easy for us to just react in a blah, blah, sort of neutral or lower than neutral way. And then some people could be like, oh, well, they're not cool. They're not fun. They're they're depressed. They're not interested in talking to me. They, you know, they could go down that route. Um, but if you if you show if you have a good sense of humor and you show that you're you're fun and interesting, uh, it's gonna it's gonna lighten the mood and and make people like you and that's what we all want. That was a that was a fun tangent about just a sense of humor, just to be endowed with a sense of humor. I hope that you are endowed. If you are if you're watching this show, listening to this podcast, you are probably endowed with a sense of humor. I hope I hope I hope I hope. Okay, let's look at the etymology for endow. Uh, let's see, from the Anglo-French endower, which is from n plus dower or duer, which means uh, to endow. Uh, from the Latin dotare, which is from dot or dos, which means gift or dowry. Uh, and there's more at the word date. I don't know why or how, but it is. Oh, well, let's go on to the next word, which is connected. And the sound effect again is fume. It's the word endowment. Noun from the 15th century. And no, I'm not going to make a mint joke here. That would, that would be so stupid. Number one, the act or process of endowing. Two, 
something that is endowed, specifically, the part of an institution's income derived from donations. So yeah, hospitals, back to the hospital example, they, they rely a lot on, uh, on, on donations. Um, maybe not as much hospitals, but like theaters, uh, something that's more in the arts, maybe they're going to rely a lot on donations. So they get endowments when people endow money to them. Uh, and um, yeah, anything that's sort of like artistic or theatrical, uh, I feel like they, they get a lot of endowments, or at least they want to, so they can keep on going, so they can make money at doing the thing that they love. That would be great. That's what we all want to do. We just want to be able to make money doing the thing that we like to do instead of making money at a job that we don't necessarily want to be doing, but it gives us money. But why can't we make money at the thing that we like and enjoy doing and uh, are maybe good at? But then when you bring money into the equation, then it sort of changes changes the dynamic of the whole thing, doesn't it? Nah. Nah. Okay. Endowment number three natural capacity, power, or ability, as in a person of great intellectual endowment. So they have uh, the natural capacity for the intellectual things, for learning things. Uh, their brain is spongy in that way. They have uh, power, into intellectual power, intellectual ability. Yes, endowment. So this is like you're endowed with like a sense of humor. You're endowed with a thing you just because of the way that you were born and grew up and your genetics and your 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 the people around you and your environment uh you can be endowed with certain things in that way <sighs> that's not the sound effect that's just me talking a lot and being tired okay we uh we got a lot of words that start with end and and not the end as in the end prefix talking about inside of a thing no just the word end so the first one is end paper and we had a we had a couple other ones in the last few episodes um can i why why am i doing this can i find one quickly um i remember seeing something end line end leaf endless yes there's some there but now we have end paper one word noun from 1818 a once-folded sheet of paper having one leaf pasted flat against the inside of the front or back cover of a book and the other pasted at the base to the first or last page. I don't know why, but that was hard to understand. Okay, so now we, we know we're talking about a book. We're talking about paper in a book. So this is, it's a sheet of paper that's folded once. Having one leaf pasted, okay, so I think, yeah, if you just, if you take a piece of paper, like, I think most of the pieces of paper in a book, like, like this book here, they're, they're, uh, folded in half, and the middle part of that paper is where it's bound, that's the middle of the book, the, the binding, so one half is on one side of the book, and the other half is on the other side of the book, and so this end paper is, one side is pasted against the inside of the front cover or the back cover, and the other is pasted at the base to the first or last page. At the base to the bottom of the first or the last page. So I would think that it would have just been uh, to the front and the back cover, but no, it's 
it's uh, also connected to the first or the last page. So I guess if it was, um, maybe if the one half was pasted to the front of the book, maybe the other side would be pasted to the base of the first page, and then vice versa. If it was pasted on the back of the cover of the book, then the other half of the page would be pasted to the base of the last page. Still not entirely sure what this is or why. It, I mean, do I? Is there a base? Is there an end paper here? Probably. Um, is that? I don't know. It's the base part that's sort of confusing to me. End paper. End paper. End paper. End paper. End paper. Next is end plate, two words, noun from 1878. End plate, 1878. A complex terminal tree-like branching... Stop. A complex terminal tree-like branching of the axon of a motor neuron that that contacts with a muscle fiber. Oh, that was this one hurt my brain so much. Okay. It is a complex terminal tree-like branching of the axon of a motor neuron that con- contacts with a muscle fiber. So a neuron, this is the thing that's like coming out of your brain and it's going through the things, the nerves, and it's telling your things what to do as I'm making this motion. My brain somehow is sending the signal out. I don't understand how that works. Luckily, it works okay for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so I guess in the in the muscle fiber, there is a thing that uh, is going to receive that signal. And I guess part of that is called the end plate because it's the end of the neuron signal being sent. It's complex. It's a terminal, which means it's the end. It's... Uh, and uh, it's it's tree-like and how it branches out. Hmm. End plate. Didn't know about that one. Foom. End point. Two words. Noun from 1899. One. A point marking the completion of a process or stage of a process, especially a point in a titration at which a definite effect is observed. And an, an example of this definite effect would be a color change. So what are we talking about? A point marking the completion of a process or stage of a process. Um, so there's a process, there's something happening, a, a color is changing, I don't know, maybe you're dyeing clothes. So at the end of that process, uh, that's the point, that's the end point. <laughs> it's just the end of a thing. That's all it is. Uh, a point in a titration at which a definite effect like color change, is observed. We've observed that the color has changed. Maybe when you're doing like that pH test, the piece of paper changes color to see if it's acid or base. And then once the color has changed, that's the end of that process. And it's that's the end point because we've reached the end of that point. Okay, number two. Uh, this end point is usually one word for some reason. Either of two points or values that mark the ends of a line segment or interval. Also, a point that marks the end of a ray. A light ray? What sort of ray is this? Either of two points of values that mark the ends. I don't know what we're talking about. From 
That's the end of the sound. Frump. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Nope. We are moving on to Endrin. E-N-D-R-I-N. Endrin. Noun from 1952. A toxic chlorinated compound C12H8Cl6O that is a stereoisomer of dieldrin used especially formerly as an insecticide. Okay, so we've got uh, endrin. The name, by the way, is from the end prefix, which probably means in, and then also the word dieldrin. So we took the, the R-I-N from dieldrin and then added the end prefix to it. Um, toxic chlorinated compound that's a stereoisomer of dieldrin used formula. And I, I don't know. I don't know why we're using the end prefix. Uh, I don't understand any of this stuff. But it used to be used as an insecticide. Maybe not anymore. Flum. End run. This is two words, noun from 1902. Number one. A football play, here's another football play. We had recently uh, like end something, like the tight end was running around. This one, end run, is a football play in which the ball carrier attempts to run wide around the end of the line. Specifically, the 3E definition for the word sweep. Okay, so the ball, the guy, the dude, the person has the ball. They got the ball. They're the ball carrier carrying the ball, and they are trying to run wide around the end of the line. So you got the line of scrimmage. You got all the people lined up there, ready to go. And so the dude, the person's got the ball. They they could try and go all all the way around, all the way around. Hopefully they can make it. And then maybe there's other people distracting these these people over here and so they all run over there but then this this one runs that way and hopefully they got a straight shot straight shot that's end run yes I'm trying to find it uh end run number two for end run is an evasive trick or maneuver as in made an end run around the regulations so an evasive trick or maneuver. You're just you're just being sneaky. You're being sneaky, trying to do a trick play, but not necessarily in football. It could be anything. A an end run around the regulations. So are you like literally doing something illegal, trying to get around the, the tax regulations? So you're doing an end run. This this phrase must have just come from football. That's what I think. 1902? Was this is this when they were doing the football? Probably. I mean football goes back a ways. Yeah, I guess that was like uh, just a, as a trick play in football, probably. Frump. End run again. This one is two words with a hyphen. Uh, it is a transitive verb from 1952. To avoid artfully. To avoid artfully. Um, okay, so this is the transitive verb, the action. The previous one was the noun. Uh, and so the example... For this one, this verb is end running the law. Yeah, end running the law. Uh, and so this is you're avoiding the law. But not only, not only are you avoiding the law, avoiding, avoiding, avoiding the police, 
uh, you are doing it in such a way that they would make art out of it. It was they're so impressed by how you are avoiding the law. You're you're doing a trick, a trick on them. You're tricksing them, and then you avoid them. And that uh, take uh, that's too much work for my brain. I can't do that. I'd be like, sorry, I can't. I can't. Just just take me. Just take me in. I can't avoid the law artfully. Artfully. I love it. Next word. We got end stage. Two words with a hyphen. Adjective from 1977. This is this is not, not a good one. Being or occurring in the final stages of a terminal disease or condition. As in end stage renal disease. You know, you got cancer and there's they're like, oh, it's stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. But when you hit end stage, I think it's pretty obvious in the name. You've reached the end. There are no more stages after this stage. This is the last stage. This is the one that's going to take you out. And it's just sad. It's just the saddest of the stages. It is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. It's just the it's the sad stage. It's the sad stage. Um, yeah, the 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 end, the final stage in a terminal disease. Terminal, uh, as we know, means the end. It's it's gonna be the end. End stage. Well, we're all gonna get to the end stage of something. We're gonna get to the end stage of life at some point. Whether or not it's from a, a renal disease or a cancer or a heart something or whatever, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And hopefully, hopefully it's a long time and you're not suffering in the meantime and you get to you get to just live your life to the fullest. That's what we all want to do. We want to just be happy. So uh, there's there's an end stage coming for all of us. Froomp. Next is end stopped. Two words with a hyphen. Adjective from 1877, marked by a logical or rhetorical pause at the end. As in, an end-stopped line of verse. Hmm. So a line of verse. We're talking about poetry, maybe? Uh, Marked by a logical or rhetorical pause at the end. So you're just writing the thing? And then you get to the end, and you ask a question, and that's an, it's end stopped? Hmm, I, I need an example of this. Uh, it says compared to run on, so um, I guess that's probably, I would think, like a run on sentence. It just keeps going, just goes right into the next line of the verse, and then the next line of the verse, but but end stopped means it's, it ends, and there's a stop. It, st- it stops at the end. End table, two words, noun from 1851. A small table, usually about the height of the arm of a chair that is used beside a larger piece of furniture as a sofa. Yeah, you, 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 you got a, a sofa, a couch, a love seat, something like that, and you, you just want a little table. You just want a little table right there on the side. Um... And you could put you could put stuff on it. You could put a glass. You could put snacks. Those are the best the best things to put there. Yeah, we got a couple end tables. We got one on one side of the couch and one on the other side of the couch, and it's a it's a place to put the, some stuff. 
Uh, let's see. End table. Anything else? Is this small? About the height. About the height of the arm of a chair. But you're putting it next to probably a sofa. I mean, you could put it next to a chair too. And you don't want it too high. You don't want it too low. You want it near the the height of the edge of the chair. Um, but it, I think it should say something like it's it's usually the height of the thing that is next to that it is next to. But maybe it's maybe there's a standard height. End table. End table. Frump. End time. Two words with a hyphen. Noun from 1917. The time of the prophesied end of the world. And the synonym is Armageddon. I mean, it's right there in the name. The end of time. As far as we know... There is no end of time. If you die, you hit you hit your end stage. The world keeps on going. The universe keeps on going. Time keeps on going. It's just you that's ended. Um, so the end of time is just when it's like the whole universe is done. It's like you know what? I- I'm finished with you guys. I'm out of here. I'm done. We're we've reached the end of time. Is there an end of time? Is there? I mean, there might be. We don't know. We don't know. But then what happens after that? I can't think about these things right now. Next is indu or indu. And you can say the first syllable like in or n. But it's spelled n-du. D-u-e. You could also spell it with an i-n. This is a transitive verb from the 15th century. Number one, the synonyms are provide and endow. We already talked about endow in this episode, as in endued with the rights of a citizen. I suspect that the etymology basically just came from the word endow, or vice versa, could have gone the other way, endue, endow. Number two, the synonyms are imbue. (laughs) It's like so similar. So, Okay, I'm just going to go through this letter by letter because I want to. The first letter is either E or I, and we have they, they sort of sound alike, and we've seen many examples of that they're sort of interchangeable. The next letter is either N or M. Endow, imbue. N and M. They sound alike. They look alike. Pfft, that's confusing. The next letter is D or B. Again, they sound alike, and they kind of look alike depending on the lowercase or capital. They, they got a line and a bump, the D and the the backwards. They're backwards. And then capital, uh, they're going the, the curve is going the same direction, but it's either one bump or two bumps. Um, and then it's just the letters U and E. The other synonym is transfuse, as in a mummy again endued with animation. I just hit a button on my keyboard, and I don't know if it did anything. I hope not. Okay. Boy, this is a long episode. I got lots of things to say sometimes. Um, okay. So, imbuer transfuse a, rummy, a mummy again endued with animation. Oh, and that is a quote. That is a quote from Mary W. Shelley. Mary Shelley. Was she talking about Frankenstein? Was Frankenstein a mummy? I don't think so. Did she write a book about a mummy? But either way... The thing that was dead has been endued with animation. It has come back to life. It is now animated. Anima, animas, animus, 
life, the life force. Um, yeah, imbued, transfused, transfusing, transfusing life into it. Oh yeah, we're getting loopy. I've been I've been loopy for hours. Number three, uh, the synonyms are put on or don. Putting on my top hat, donning my coattails. Uh, okay, let's talk about the etymology real quick. Uh, so different. Number three, that last one, put on or don, has its own etymology. So let's talk about that one first. Uh, it is from the Middle English, induin, which means influenced by. If you are influenced by something, it's indu. Uh, that is from the Latin induere, which means to put on. Put on. Put on my jacket. I got my jacket. Right here, I'm going to undo my jacket. Not until later. Okay, the rest of the etymology is from the Anglo-French induire, which means to introduce or imbue. So introducing something into a situation, into a person. Hello, person. I'm in Dow. Uh, from the Latin inducere, and there's more at the word induce with an I. Okay. Just a couple more words. Next is endurable. It's the word durable with E-N. Adjective from 1796. Capable of being endured. And the synonym is bearable. I hope this podcast is endurable. Can you endure it? Can you endure the things that I say? My constant yimmerin yammerin? Is it bearable? Not for everybody, that's for sure. But if it is for you, you're my people. Endurably is an adverb. Last word. Endurance. E-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E. Noun from the 15th century, number one. The synonyms are permanence and duration, as in the endurance of the play's importance. Sounds like it should be a quote, but it's not a quote. The endurance of the play's importance. So the permanence of it, the duration of the play's importance, how long is the importance of the play going to last? Is it a day? Is it a hundred years? How important is it? And how, how permanent is that importance? Society, culture changes. The play is maybe just of its time, but boy, it would be great if you could make one that has endurance that lasts on a whole lot longer. Number two, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain, to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity, as in a marathon runner's endurance. I, I don't think I'm so good with the, with the endurance running. I have done a marathon, but that was hard. That was hard. I'm more of like a sprinter. Um, I need a lot of endurance to do this podcast. If I'm gonna get through the end, I gotta, I gotta keep it going. I gotta, gotta, gotta just do it and don't stop. Just keep that momentum going. Keep, keep that endurance. Number three, the act or an instance of enduring or suffering, as in endurance of many hardships so many all of the hardships 
you're just getting just getting hit left and right, and uh, you're enduring through all of it. So you have endurance. Uh, there's no etymology because I think is going to be in the next episode, the next word in the next episode. And so with that, we now have to pick a word of the episode. We had endotracheal, endotrophic, endow, endowment, end paper, end plate, end point, endrin, end run, end run, end stage, end stopped, end table, end time, endue, endurable, and endurance. I think I'm just going to pick end time as the word of the episode because... Is there ever an end time? Are we going to reach the end time? I don't know. I don't know. What's the end time? Maybe it's right now. It wasn't. On that note, I am going to tell you about another movie I watched. Uh, let's see. Where have I left off? And yeah, this is. Uh, we are so behind... Uh, let's see, talked about, I think, I don't know if I talked about Blackberry, I think I may have skipped it accidentally, but if I didn't, uh, Blackberry, it's about the story of Blackberry, how the Blackberry phones and things got started, and how they ended, it's just like the whole story, and, uh, it's just, it's kind of a crazy story, so, uh, yeah, it's a good, good watch, good, uh, it's, it's funny and dramatic and great acting, it's good stuff, uh, but, I also watched, we watched Becky, um, I had never seen this. Sharon thought that I had watched it with her, but I hadn't. And there was a uh, there was a sequel that just came out called The Wrath of Becky, which I'll talk about that one later. And uh, so Sharon, uh, she yeah, she was out of town, and I was like, I gotta watch Becky because she told me I should watch Becky, and I watched Becky, and I love Becky. It's it's fantastic. You know, it, if I haven't mentioned this, it gets very it gets horrific, it gets brutal, it gets gory at times. So if you like that, you're gonna enjoy it. And uh, she's just a badass. And I apologize if I already mentioned this. Um, should I just talk about another one real quick? Can Is that possible? Can we allow that to happen? Uh, 101 Dalmatians. Uh, this is the live-action remake of 101 Dalmatians from 1996 with Glenn Close as Cruella de Vil. And um, it's, it's almost identical to the original one. The biggest change that I remember is that the in the animation, um, I believe Cruella DeVille was either like a friend or the aunt of the woman, uh, of the couple. But in the live action one, she's her boss. And so it 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 sorta I think it sorta it adds another level of sort of tension in that specific situation if you if you watch it. Uh, so I, I kind of like that change, but otherwise, it's a very, very similar story in that the Twilight Bark is in there, which is fantastic, and all the dogs, and um, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see animals do this. Oh, the other thing that I remember now is that um, they didn't do, they didn't have any of the animals talk, which I thought was great. Um, there are some live animals. I believe there's probably some CGI animals and, um, they just, they just are animals. That's all they, that's what they do. And they're very well trained. Um, I don't totally love the idea of using animals in movies, 
but I think for certain times it's fine, and we've largely gotten away from. There's a lot of CGI now, but um, but yeah, I just appreciated that they were just animals and they didn't talk, um, and they were just they were just do things as animals do them, just very smart and very well trained. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. All right, we're done. We're done with this long episode. I'm gonna. I might walk home because I don't live too far away. And I might have to go get a scone or something because I'm hungry too. And then it's sleepy time. All right, that's it. I don't even know what else to say. I'm just I'm just killing time. This has been the dictionary. Uh, we have reached the end stage of this episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. Thank you.